You are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. God Identity Podcast. We are a faith-based platform where we influence creatives to live authentically in pursuit of their purpose. So if you're passionate about impacting lives, monetizing your gifts and talents, and you desire to grow a relationship with God, then tune in to our podcast. We are so glad to have you a part of our community. Welcome back to the God Identity Podcast. I'm your host, Arnesia, and on today's episode, I have a special guest with me today. Her name is Lady Ty. Say hey to us, girl. Hey, 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 hey. What's up, great ones? <laughs> awesome. So yes, so Lady Ty, I want to give you guys just a little bit of a background about her. So I met Lady Ty in, I believe it was July of 2020. And this was during the time when the pandemic had just opened or the pandemic was like going on, but they had just opened up the malls and things like that. And it was like hot season. Everybody was storming to the malls. It was full. Like I remember just seeing a lot of people there, but we had a particular author event and um, at the mall, at the kiosk. And Ty, she came and she had a book with her and she was like, you know, chosen to be a part of the day of like sales, author meetup sales. So I met her and I knew that she had a really good spirit and an amazing story. And so her story is so impactful. And she's actually not only using her story to tell others about how to come over their pain of their past, but she's also teaching others how to publish books. So just to give you a little bit about her, she is an author, a speaker, a truth consultant, and she lives by the purity and authenticity and truth. Um, one of the things she has she has inside of her is a really big passion to see people operate in their greater. And she also offers advice and strategy for those who are looking to live their best. So she's also teaches others how to turn the trauma of their past into a published book. So this is what she calls triumph over your trauma. You know, she is the author of Daddy Issues, an advocate for domestic violence, mental illness, and suicide awareness. So she has a lot of things she's walking in, and I think it's very impactful. She's living in her truth, and that's one thing I admire about her. So we're going to hear a little bit more about Lady Ty as we dive into an amazing conversation. Um, I want to just kind of open up the floor for you. If there's anything else that you feel like you want to share with us that we need to know about, let us know, you know? Thank you so much. Thank you for this amazing platform. I'm super excited. Well, number one, you guys need to know that I'm holy hood. So what does that mean? The hood people think I'm too holy, so I no longer fit in with them. And the holy people think I'm too hood. So they're like, get out of here. So I'm right in the middle. I create my own lane. So I understand that um, God is dope. He's lit. I had a supernatural encounter with him. And I'm here to carry on that message and just let everybody know who's ever made a mistake in life that um, God accepts apologies and he's here. And so this is why I exist because he's dope. He's amazing. And I just want to share, um, with people, anything and everything that I can, so they can feel and operate within the, you know, with the greatness that's located on the inside of them. Amazing. Now you caught me with that holy hood. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about holy hood. How did that come about? 
Um, Holy Hood. Well, as you mentioned, my first book was titled, um, is titled Daddy Issues. And so um, Daddy Issues explains, I grew up in Queens, New York. Um, I have a background of being an entrepreneur at the age of 16, working in the hip hop industry for um, a lot of top name labels um, and music, hip hop. Um, I've done anywhere movie premieres. I've worked for like WBLS, the radio station. So working in media and music, growing up with hip hop being my background, that's a little bit of hood, right? Um, and so I grew up in Queens, New York, went to Catholic school, learned about God religiously, and felt like uh, due to the different things that had taken place in my life that I was not accepted anymore because of the trauma and the drama. Being molested at the age of eight, different things happening. I was like, oh man, when I was younger, I wanted to be a nun. So um, nuns have to be like all the way clean. <laughs> and so there were certain things that kind of x me out of the nun club. And people were like, what, you want to be a nun? I'm like, I did. Um, and so all of those combination of those different things growing up, because I couldn't be my best at being good, I then used that. I was always going to be my best, right? I was A plus student honor roll but then I became my best at being bad and um that was like whoa so what does that look like right um protecting myself you know carrying razors just the typical New York girl which people might not know what that looks like right as we're sharing a story with people that are not from New York so that I have to paint that picture you know um and so growing up really guarded and being tough in areas where maybe um it would not so tomboyish, if you would. So that's the hood side of it, right? And so now when we say holy hood, what does that mean? Because after all of those different things happened in life, I found out that I was wrong, right? I found out that God did love me. I found out that I was chosen, that he did have a plan for me to prosper me, not to harm me, to give me hope in the future. And when I discovered that was through a supernatural experience with him, I heard his audible voice um, on several different occasions. And because of this now connection with this good father, I questioned um, everything. Every time God would tell me, like, I have plans to prosper you. And I'm like, well, if you had a plan to prosper me, why did this happen? Why was I in a domestic um, dispute? Why was, you know, why did these things happen? And he gave me an answer and showed me where the answer was in the Bible. And so, um, yeah, so then once I encountered God, I ran to church. And um, I was like, yes, I'm going to do this thing. And God was like, I'm telling you I'm within you and you're running somewhere else. And I'm like, definitely, if this is the voice of God, I want the God of church. And at that time, I ran into church and ministry and I overdosed in it, if you will, for at least four years. And it was in the fourth year um, of me signing up to teach a class that God asked me. So what are you going to do now? Teach this class to the same people, to do the same thing. Don't miss ministry trying to do ministry. And I was like, wait a minute, what did I do wrong? You know, and he's like, I didn't call you for this. Yes, fellowship and connect. But I called you to the people that were like you, that were outside in the park, that were going through things. Your mission is holyhood. So 
um, trying to fit, wearing the long skirt suits, wearing the all whites, wanting to do everything that they were doing. Um, God just told me that there was something within me that he was within me and he wanted me to use that greatness, that greater is he that is in me to connect it to others, to let them know that they can too operate in their greater if they would tap into his spirit that he left within them. So it was my job to minister to them, but I didn't see it like that. I was looking for the guidance and I just want to be a part of the club. Mm, that's so good. Oh my gosh. I love how you actually said that, you know, you don't, you weren't called to, I would call it, you weren't called to only just minister to the church, but it's for those who are actually been through the things that you've been through. And I just from your hearing your story, I'm imagining that you had to go back to those areas where, you know, those women who were molested, maybe even some strippers, or even those who were um, neglected, abused. So going back there to give them the life and the truth that they need, um, were you ever like afraid to do that? Oh, no, I was never afraid. Um, once I encountered God, so many other things happened. Um, the fear of the Lord fell on me. Um, and when I say that, because we hear it and I don't know what, whatever that was supposed to mean, but it wasn't until God asked me to actually deliver a message to a church leader. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm not doing that. Like, who am I to do that? And um, this is an amazing experience. They were doing construction across the street from my house. And God asked me, after he had told me to go tell a leader these specific things, there were like 17 different things. And I was like, whoa. Um, and I had a very well, great relationship with them. I looked across the street and God said, do you see that dumpster over there? And I said, yes. He said, if I ask you to take this piece of paper and put it in the dumpster, would you do it? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, so if that's your purpose to take this paper and place it in that dumpster, you do it. And I'm like, yeah. And so he said, go in your kitchen and get all in my kitchen. And I got my can opener. And he says, if your can opener no longer open cans, what would you do with it? And um, I mean, what would you do with a can opener that didn't work? You throw it away, right? Like if you have a can opener for the purpose of opening cans and I'm like, wait a minute. So it was in that moment that I had a revelation and the revelation was that God has called me to do a certain thing, a specific job. And if this is what he's saying in this moment, he, he didn't say it like, I'm going to get rid of you. But the analogy, the revelation, the eye-opening moment was, I need you to do something. But if you're not going to do what I need you to do, then what are you actually really doing? And so it was that moment that I went and um, I did what he said. But it was when the, that was when the fear of the Lord fell on me. And so then I became, what I heard God say was, don't be afraid of men in their faces. And that's so cool because it's actually in a song, right? <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, wow, that's in a song. That's in the Bible. Like, this is really real. And so um, I'm not one of those people that tried to read and learn. I mean, I did try to do it on my own, but it was through the revelation. This is how I know that he's real because he identified it with things directly in my life. And so it was at that moment because my fear prior to that moment and experience was, who am I? like like Moses, to go tell this person who's been doing this forever, who am I to tell him anything, first of all? And, and why would I say that? Like, and I don't wish any of these things to be true. And why do I know this? But I had a more of concern of 
the relationship, the rapport, and how I was going to be looked at with taking this. I was caring about what I thought and what people thought. But when God explained to me what he thought and how he had purposed me, I was like, cool, I'm going to do what you say. And so I went immediately and I um, obeyed the instruction. So that moment when I had, I, that's when the fear of the Lord had felt on me. And it, I just reference God over anybody else and just do whatever he says. And I don't have a, um, a thought or worry or care. I don't know how to be afraid. I've survived so many traumatic things, witnessed friends getting murdered. My brother was murdered. So many different things in life that I'm not afraid of death. Like there have been so many things that I've been involved in living in New York myself that to be scared of things, um, it's like you're kind of numb to that. So to get all the way from the hood side and survive and then make it over here to holiness and be scared of what somebody thinks, it's like, really? You know, um, so once that fear of God hit me, I was like, oh yeah, I'm not trying to make you mad because yeah, I got to see you later on after this is all done. So where do you need me to go? <laughs> what do you need me to do? And that's, that's, yeah. So no, I wasn't afraid to go back and share anything because I knew wherever I was going, I was in obedience to him and that he was going before me and I was protected because I didn't leave myself anywhere. He is my shepherd. So it was like, if God says it, cool. And everything that he ever told me to say and do from that point forward, it was more than that, right? But from that point forward, um, I did what he said and all of the things came to pass like three years later. So it was a little minute where it looked a little shaky. I was like, God, you said this and this and that and what's going on? But it was just my job to be the mailman and deliver. So I had to learn how to walk in what he called me to do. And um, yeah, it's all good. Not scared nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's amazing because I mean, you have, you've already had the boldness inside of you. I'm just imagining too, like from coming from an area of your life where you were going through, I call it darkness because it's like a sense of like, you know, you were going through an experience that maybe at that time you probably didn't know why you were going through it, but it was when you had an encounter with God, that's when things started to shift. So um, the message behind daddy issues, I feel like there's some type of symbolic there because you have daddy issues, but then you have the father God who has wrapped or reformed or reshaped your identity and you came to a better understanding of, of who you are and what you're called to do. So let's, I would like to dive into daddy issues and how did that come about Oh, wow. So I love the question, by the way. So uh, Daddy Issues came about, um, <laughs> I was going to write several different books, right? First of all, I didn't want to be an author. Let's start there. And then um, at one point, I was going to write a, a XX book, right? And um, I didn't do that book. Then I know it's like, wait a minute, I'm telling you, we're extreme. We're going to go from the holy to the hood, to the hood, to the holy. So one point, um, and the only reason I was going to do that, I read a book that was selling, uh, well, people were talking about a book that was selling a lot. And when I read it, I was like, this book is not even good. I can write something better than that. Because remember, I wanted to be great at whatever it was I do. But God didn't even let that idea go anywhere. Then my best friend and I were going to do a cookbook called Pretty Girls Cook. She was trying to get me all the way in 2010 to use Google Docs. I'm not computer savvy like that. I mean, we have to be now. So I was like, girl, no, I'm gonna write it down. So I was literally writing down my, um, my book, this book we were gonna create. And I heard God's voice say, you're gonna write my book. And I was like, 
surely I have gone crazy now because I hear a voice now telling me that I'm going to write his book. It sounds like that same voice that was talking to me when I was 16. And, you know, um, but it can't be so because God has a Bible. Why would he need me to write a book? Definitely my life is wow. You know, I had, it was just not what, you know, what I would think he would want a book about. And so I heard that message. Then um, I had got baptized and got saved and, you know, went through this process and started hearing from God more. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. And now um, I had the idea to write a book, Holy Who? Yes, You. You Can Live a Life of Holiness. And so I'm going to write this book about holiness. And I was so excited. Then up pops this webinar from a coach teaching people how to write a book in 10 days. I had my light bill. And uh, this is like a couple of years. This is like a year later, because what happened when I began after I got baptized, God told me he needed me to pack and go to move out of my sin. So the way that I was living, then he's like, he needed me to pack and go like Abraham. I was like, who's that? <laughs> he was like, in the book. so I had a Bible. Are you ready for this? I don't think mm -hmm. I've ever told you this is my Bible. The first Bible I had was a stolen Bible. I stole it from the motel. Because I was like, this cannot be my life when we moved from New York to Georgia. So I stole the Bible to see if I could find something in there. <laughs> and it was like, where art thou, this, that? And I was like, no way. I'm really a sinner because I can't even understand it. I don't know why the numbers are like this. I don't know what, I just didn't even understand how to read it. Like, why didn't you go straight across? Who broke these columns up? Like, is this book like this? I'm like, oh, I'm just the worst, right? And so... That was part of my process. So to get back to the answer of the story, um, I opened up the stolen Bible. I found out that Abraham is just, wow, tried to kill his son, then there's a ram in a bush. I don't get the story, right? And then God is like, you are going to be a woman of great faith. And I'm like, that's great. Had no idea what that meant. But he told me to pack and go. So me and my children were without a home, four children, single, single mother, four, because I was leaving out of what he told me to. We were without a home for five months. And uh, we stayed with a friend of mine that I had met in church doing a discipleship course because this is where God led me. I thought we were going to go in the shelter. And anyway, I had a lot of instruction from the Holy Spirit on what to do because I was trying to make my own plans around. Like God would tell me something and I was going to figure out the rest by myself. He's like, no, no, I got like all of the instructions. Like, you know, I'm not giving you a little bit so you can figure it out. Like, come back to me for step two. And so I um, did what he said, packed and go. So now that I stayed with the friend for five months. After that, supernaturally, because at this point now I, was, I had a job, I was injured on my job, I had lost my memory. So, so now I have no income. I stayed in a house, um, I call it the house for faith. I was able to obtain a place for us to live, a duplex. And this duplex had two bedroom, one bath, and the landlord let me stay with no pay stubs, no proof of income or nothing. He handed me the lease, had me sign it. So it was the favor of God because everybody needs some type of, he didn't check the credit score or anything. And my God, at that point, you didn't want him to, right? Um, and so we lived there and it was in that house that I call a house called Faith that I began to write down a list of books. And it was in that house uh, when I got on the phone call with that, or with the author, with the writing coach, she said, well, tell me the titles of your book. And I told her, holy who, yes, you. And she's like, so you just holy 
And I'm like, yes, girl, yes. You know what I'm saying? I done left the situation. I'm celibate, you know, mm-mm, doing right, eat vegetables, like even going to think about a fast one day, you know, like I was just ready. I can house by faith. And she said, so that's just, the book is going to be about that. I'm like, yes. And she's like, what are the other titles you have, right? And um, I'm going through all of the other titles. And when I get to the last title, which is like book number 22, because God had been talking, so we have all these titles, it was Daddy Issues. And she said, that's it right there. And I'm like, surely it's not. But I understood that God had guided me to her. And this is what I want to share. It's very important. I was living by faith, had no income, right? My uncle had loaned me, had given me some money. We were able to um, be in this place, but... This was my light bill money that God told me to invest in this program. So I know what it's like to make a sacrifice. I gave the money that was for my light bill because God said so, not because I wanted to, because remember, it wasn't, that wasn't an important thing. I had no idea that books can do wonders, you know, it opened so many doors. And when, so I obeyed God by taking the course, by investing the money, my lights never got cut off right and um praise God and so then I listened to her because she was the authority in charge that God led me to so that's where the book came from but I was like I'm not healed from that but I began to get healing as I began to write and God guided me through and he told me because like you said my name's Lady Tyler Great right I want to help people be great operating in greater I just want to get to greatness I don't want to get to none of the dirty bad down rooted stuff but God used me to be transparent and share my story because everybody's looking pretty and plastic, but we're not dealing with what's on the inside. So because I was forgiven, I learned how to forgive. And now God is like, you have to share that with others because people will understand and hear from you because you felt like you were exiled, right? You felt like you were pushed to the side. You felt like I didn't care. But then once you experienced my love, God told me like, hey, you gotta leave this guy because like, you don't even love him. You've never loved anybody because you've been mad at me. So because you've been mad at me, you've blocked your heart, you've hardened your heart and everything that's going on right now, you're just trying to fill different voids, but I'm the thing that can fill that void and I'm here now. And so that's the message I share with other people because so many people are angry with people believing that they are deserving of something. And some people have some real things that went on that we're not pushing to the side, some hurt, some pain, some, some horrible things have happened, but God has made a promise that he's going to make it all better. But if we harbor that unforgiveness, it's going to eat us up. And forgiving people forget. So my message is to share with somebody, if you know that you have been forgiven by God, come on. Now, if you, if you understand that, but the real deal is people don't understand that they have been forgiven. And they are still apologizing to God for the same thing, or they're still feeling shamed and hurtful. So there's a deeper lesson in that. But before people can be great, God is like, Ty, you're going to help them deal with the root of their issues because you're going to expose yourself and be honest and vulnerable. And then they're going to see that they can do the same thing. And that's it. Amazing. So daddy issues is based on forgiveness. Forgiveness. Your identity is revealed when you get healed. So it's all, it's, it's about how I had a heart fracture and my relationship with God was none. So my relationship with everyone else, including my natural father, then I got married at 18, then the further, every relationship would always have an issue because I had issues with the creator. Wow. 
that's real. That's real. Honestly, like, you know, a lot of things I think about when it comes to even just finding a relationship with God, because you've had a, you have the ability to hear from God. And one of the most challenging things is that certain people have a hard time coming to God, who is their father. And so it's, that's all like, it sounds symbolic because you can have daddy issues with your biological father, but what happens when you have issues with the father God who created you? How do you heal and how do you get into that place of, 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 of surrender and deciding to go with his will? Yeah, so that's very good because that, that was the problem. The problem was I felt like, God, I don't like what you're doing. <laughs> you know, things happened to me when I was eight. I didn't do anything wrong. Like, why is there world hunger? What's going on? And I had a full understanding that I kind of felt like I knew that I came out of heaven just to do something. So I've always loved God from the start, but so many different things went wrong. And it was like, so why are you doing this? Like, you know, why are they hungry people? Why are things hurting? What's happening? Because I didn't have the full understanding that I have now, right? And when things happened to me, I felt like, okay, God, you didn't protect me, so I have to protect myself. Then when my father was on drugs, it was like, oh, and he's the first person, you know, physically to put a hand on me. It was like, oh man. So now I'm protecting myself even from my own family member. Um, and then, you know, so it was like, now, okay, never mind God, forget God. This was, you know, I know you something created something, but right now I'm just not on that list and I'm not gonna worry about that. I'm just gonna be everything I need to be for me. And that's when I said, you know what, I'm going to make all the money I need to make. I'm going to do this. And so I took on that identity of me, 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 me. And at 16, God said to me, I'm going to let you, while I'm working at a radio station, working at MS Broadcasting, working at WBLS, doing the movie premiere for Love Jones, like the top of the top, the best of the best. Les Brown's my mentor at 16. Like so many amazing things are going on with so many different afternoons. It's no way it could crumble. So my life is beginning to feel great now because I did it. Pride, 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 right? And so I, 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 and then I hear this voice, can't be God, because we're not talking to him. And he, he hadn't been talking to me, you know? So I hear this voice say, I'm going to let you get everything that you and your friends would want to show you it's nothing without me. And I'm like, like, I don't know what that is because I have done all of this and this cannot crumble. Even if five of these things stop, I work, I have stuff with the record labels. I have this, I have that, there's no way. And sure enough, <laughs> let God be God, okay? And every man be alive because all of that, before you knew it, everything crumbled. I was married, my husband got locked up. Uh, then I, I had a license to the medical assistant. I couldn't get a job. The radio show no longer needed me. This happened, that, everything stopped. And I found myself like, oh my goodness, how am I gonna even provide for my kids for Christmas? Like I called in a radio show, I was embarrassed because I had worked there. So now I'm calling there for, as a needy person when they're doing the Christmas giveaway. I get blessed. It's very hard to get through to a radio station, by the way. Um, and I didn't call like the secret line. I called the regular line. I got through and they asked me some questions. They didn't recognize my voice. But um, anyway, we were able to get blessed with somebody that took us shopping for Christmas to get things for the kids. And I'll never forget when I met her, I said, listen, when you come to see me, I'm not, I don't look poor. Like I have a mink coat, I have a car, it's probably about to be repossessed. I have some things going on, but I just need help. And I'm, I'm not a slouch. Like, I don't know, everything is crumbling. 
I said, I even trying to get a job, but I can't get a job. She said, well, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a medical assistant. I do phlebotomy. I do this and that. And she said, well, call this lady. She gave me a name and a number for a woman. And I called the lady the next day and I ended up getting a job. And so I get the job and I worked in medical for over 10 years. And it was so favorable because then I ended up taking care of my grandfather. Um, shout out to my pop pop. But I ended up taking care of him um, to his last days. But I was able to switch over him to great doctors so we can make some really good decisions. So it was all amazing within that plan. And um, yeah, so I, I was upset with God, mad with God, but he had to humble me. So mm -hmm. there is going to be a point because God is God. As, as long as we're stubborn and we refuse to turn to the creator, at some point, the prodigals will return and you will see. But if you have like a little, and then this is for somebody that's listening, like if you have like a little peace in your heart, will you still know that God rules and reigns? Ask and you shall receive. Like there's a piece of us. I can't say that there was a piece of me that asked when I was younger. I was so angry and I was so hurt and my heart was hard. So I didn't ask anymore because I felt like it shouldn't have never happened. I felt entitled. I felt mad. And that's what anger does. That's what pride does. It separates you. And so once you're willing to let down that pride, one of the practical steps that you can do is just say, hey, God, I know I've probably been like a jerk and been mad at you, but I really want to know, like, this is girl on this show right now that's talking. I'm trying to tap back in with you. Like, have you forgotten me? Like, I, I heard a piece of hope, like, connect show me that you like you're here you're real that you're there i want to experience your love like your spirit is in me you created me in your image but i need i want to feel that i want to know that show me lead me guide me talk to me what do i have to remove what do i have to do i want to hear from you and that's just the start to acts amazing and that's what we have to that's a part of surrendering you know it's a part of surrendering and i think once we get to that point of humbling ourselves and asking and seeking God, that's when we begin to develop an understanding of, of hearing his voice. Because I feel like if you're a child of God or you've been in any type of environment where you have, where you know God is real and you know God is existent, um, there is a voice that we have. And I'm thinking of the one who maybe, you know, you don't think that you have an understanding of how to hear from God. You know, I think it has a lot to do with surrender. Just as, yes. just as you just mentioned so true because you know sometimes you, you you might not know how to surrender and you're just like well why do i have to do it like i didn't make these rules or you you may that's the biggest thing because you we look at different religions do so many practices that you feel like oh i have to do this i have to do that and you x yourself out of all of that but it's not about religion it's about relationship so the same way you have a conversation with somebody that you were mad at how would you start that off like if we are at aughts right now, I'm offended by you, I'm mad, whatever. Somebody has to humbly come and say, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, even if you don't know what you've done, I've apologized for things that I haven't even done anything wrong because I won't allow offense to be, uh, you know, offense is the bait of the enemy. Like I will not allow, it won't be on me. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> like I'm gonna release it and I'm gonna say, if I offended you, and not just say if, when you know you've offended somebody by saying a certain thing, just go directly to that. You know what I mean? But just sharing, if I have offended you in any way that I'm unaware of, I apologize because that wasn't my intention. Even when I've had differences with, um, as an adult, now with me walking in with Christ, right? I say, hey, it was never my intention 
to make you feel that way. And if that's what has happened, I sincerely apologize. My intention is to communicate like this. Perhaps I could have done it another way, but I apologize. So coming humbly and, um, you know, sharing and retracking is just key. And, and God still accepts, uh, you know, accepts apologies. There's some things that we've done that is not quite on the checklist of how he would like it. And so we can just say, hey, sorry, God, you know, help me because he's here to help. But if we don't ask for the help, then we won't get the help. I was hard-headed. Like my, it, my life didn't change like that. It was 33, age 33, when I heard from God, when I experienced him. And it was when I was at a low, very, very low point. So I was at a super low point. I was at a, such a low point that I didn't even know how low I was. Like, I believe that I was beyond depression and suicide because I was so numb to life. Like, this cannot be what's happening. I went from this to this to this to like this. And that's when he told me he had a plan to prosper me. And I was like, it's just no way because this life right here that I have is, I know, like I went crazy. So when I was, when I was on my walking journey and hearing from God, I thought that that was crazy um, because I was hearing from him so very clearly. And he came and rescued me because he said my assignment was to go like a firefighter and rescue the others that feel hopeless, that feel like because they have done some things that's on, no sin is bigger than the other, right? But somebody just had an abortion. Like I would go in abortion clinics and write prayers inside the journal. They have journals in there um, where people can write whatever they're feeling. But I would write prayers and let them know God loves them and drop like a book in where the magazines are. And I'm um, saying like strip clubs is a different ministry. Reflections of love that we used to go, my friend would get permission from the owners and certain ones we would go in the back and pray with them and give out gifts and things like that so just letting people know that may not know how to start or connect with God just being relatable being his vessel I like that I want you to dive a little bit deeper into relatability because this is something this is important when it comes to people just having the ability to like know that God loves them and that there is an existence because I do believe that the times that we're living in a lot of a lot of people have questions, doubts, fears, uncertainty. And for anyone, in case they're listening to this episode, they need to know or they should or have a chance to know and understand that God cares about them. And how do we break free from that heart and heart? It has a lot to do with, like you said, relatability. Man. And so even as you ask that, like the Holy Spirit poop just popped in my head, you know, what I was doing, right? When I went super holy, because I went super holy on y'all, right? I was like, I am not going back. I am not even talking to strangers. Like I'm not anybody that I know. Nope. All I put on my Facebook for like two years was just nothing but scriptures. I didn't care what anyone said. I was what you call not relatable at all. Like when they say holier than thou, oh yes, my picture should have been there. I mean, everything changed. I had like the bunt. I just did, can you just say doing the most? So um, I ran <laughs> to this, to my, my idea of whatever I thought holiness was with the works of the holiness too. Like we was carrying all the stuff out, praying, fasting, all that. Just, you could probably come next to me and pass out. Like I was just so, just sitting at home with God. And then a friend of mine called me one day from high school and was like hey can we connect and meet you know and hang out like go to Applebee's or something I was like oh no you know and I got off the phone and God was like wow like 
I'm like, what happened, God? Like, yeah, I don't know what they going through. Like, you know, I'm, you know, agreeing with God. Like, yeah, they got too much. Like, mm-mm, they ain't going to catch me. I'm not going to go backwards, right? Because I had a fear. I had a fear of returning back to what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have to stay away from everything. And God was like, I cannot use you in this house. Like, it's just me and you. You like, you, you're afraid because, but you didn't turn yourself. Like I, I rescued you. You came to me and I did this. And so now you're afraid to go and be used by me. Like you're not understanding that I need you to be relatable. And I was like, yeah, I don't. I So now here we talk about trust. Cause now it's like, I wasn't trusting God. Right. <laughs> Cause I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to Applebee's. Like I like their pina colada for sure. Um, you know, I haven't been tested or tempted or around those things. Um, and I literally left everything alone because I did go through a sanctification, a consecration. I went through a process and I definitely think that that process is important, but you don't stay there. So I was trying to live there, right? It, it was God pruned and did some things. I had a supernatural deliverance when I went to Women That Are Loose, um, T.D. Jakes had reached towards me. I was trying to go to the parking when I didn't believe and all of the people were speaking in tongues and falling out. And um, I had an out of body experience where I saw God deliver me and heard the screams of the bitterness and the hurt and the pain come out. So I was like, oh, I feel like I was just like a newborn baby. So I definitely didn't want to play outside. And so I was trying to keep that holiness. And God says, what makes you any better than anybody because you're not surrounding yourself um, just because you're not surrounding yourself with the temptation doesn't mean you're passing any tests. You're hiding. And so like, I'm here to help you through the temptation. I'm always going to give you a way of escape. You'll always have a choice, but you can't just sit in here like, oh, okay, I'm going to sit here till I go to heaven. God is like, no. And so my friend was in need <laughs> of a friend, right? He was in need of a person that will be able to communicate with them mm-hmm. because God is using people. God wanted to have a vessel. God is like, I'm not coming down just to talk to every single person. I'm going to use, many are called the chosen of few. So I have a few that's chosen. I came and got you because you just did a kind of, you have a long list of places that you're now anointed to go, right? Let's put it like that. You now have certifications <laughs> that you can now go that qualifies you to go in certain areas because you overcame that with my power. And so now this person that wants to have a conversation that maybe they don't want to commit suicide anymore. Maybe they don't want to go through the depression, but they're reaching out to somebody that knows God and the knowing God person is sitting in the house listening to holy, holy, holy and wearing all white. No. And so God was like, girl, bye, go. And so I went to the Applebee's and I'm at the Applebee's, right? Still not, I feel like I'm relatable now because I went. So I'm there and I'm, so you could imagine how I'm looking. I don't know if you can, but I'm at the Applebee's and they're ordering like all of the drinks. And I'm just like, oh. so I'm like, oh my goodness. And God is like, yes, oh my goodness. And I'm like, see God, that's what I was telling you. And he was like, no, oh my goodness, that you don't even care about their liver. You don't even want to know why they're drinking all of the drinks. Like you are more concerned with how you look with the person that's drinking. Like, where is your heart? And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, so this is about me, what's happening? And so God was showing me like, there's a problem here. It's not about you. You have turned into like this religious nut. And um, but, and I'm like, oh, you know, and so 
then I was like, so we started talking and I started, you know, hearing what was going on. And, and, but that's when God showed me, like, you have to be relatable. And then I began to understand because I was now able to look at the posture of my heart. This was a friend that needed a conversation. Then when they invited me out another time, we talked. And then I got to find out that they grew up all in the church. They knew the scriptures more than me and anybody else, right? And I was like, wow, but they didn't have a relationship. So I was able to then say to them, like, okay, you know all of those words. That's great. But can you, do you have the relationship? It's like somebody that studies something with a book, but can they do the actual presentation? Like, can you communicate? Did you have a comprehension of what this means? So um, it was awesome because the second meeting was great. And then the third meeting was even great. And the fourth meeting was full of the temptation and I passed the test. God is so dope. So um, yeah, but I just, I really understand the importance of being relatable when you think about it. Who wants to get information from people that they don't understand? Even when you're shopping, like if you don't have nice shoes on, I'm not going to ask you like, hey, where'd you get your shoes from? Right. You know what I mean? So if we can walk in the spirit of God and still be related and be who we are, don't when we say relatable doesn't mean that you have to turn into anybody else. But don't forget who you are. Let God's light shine through you. Don't be like what I was doing. I was pleaded. I got my clothes from the mothers of the church, okay? The people that was on the first row, I was like, look, I don't have no clothes because when I packed and left, I didn't have anything. So when I did my walk of faith, I had like five church t-shirts and two pair of jeans and I just took my kids stuff. So now all the clothes that I had, I got them from some aunties and they look like that too. You know what I'm saying? It was pleated. You know, they had a good so with the belt, with the three, I mean, girl. It was so funny because a friend of mine came over recently. She was helping me clean out my closet and she was like, you have every decade of church clothes in here. <laughs> she was like, you've got it like from the 50s going all the way to, I was like, but I like that because she was like, I definitely don't see you wearing it now. Like, so now I'm holy hood. So I understand, hey, throw the crown on because Christ crowns us daily. Keep your t-shirt on. You're fine. Cute skirt, bodysuit. You can show your belly. You're not going to faint. You'll make it to heaven. <laughs> You're all right. <laughs> but you can have told me that four years ago. Oh, right. no. <laughs> Uh-uh. <laughs> so be relatable be who you are but you won't know who you are until you get healed and I, I needed healing in every area because then I became fearful of becoming like what I was but when God is with you he's going with you he's going before you when you allow him to order your steps so that's just know who you are be who you are but connect to the author and finisher right connect to the father so he can reveal what he what he has assigned for you to do Mm, that is so good. I thank you so much for just giving us such a a relatable story and also to just like letting us know like how can we, whoever's listening, how can they connect with you in a sense where, because I know you do with the book publishing because I'm pretty sure, you know, someone's listening and they really want to share their story and, and it because they've overcome some things, they've overcome some triumph and trauma. So how can we get connected with you? Sure. So I love, 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 love Instagram. So if you're looking for me anywhere, you can find me on Instagram. Um, and that's Lady Ty the Great. That's L-A-D-Y-T-Y-T-H-E-G-R-E-A-T. And I'll say it one more time. Lady Ty the Great. L-A-D-Y-T-Y-T-H-E-G-R-E-A-T. 
And so um, Instagram, if you DM me, I'll talk to you there. I'm also on Facebook with the same um, Lady Tyler Gray. I have a public figure page there. And um, there is an amazing thing that I have recently done. Um, it's called writemybook.net. So writemybook.net will give you the information on how to write a book without being overwhelmed. So it's like a free case study, it's a free giveaway. And for all your listeners now, they can go ahead and lock in and just grab it. I teach about eight minutes on there, what I teach in my course and class. And so um, it's just absolutely amazing. I recently um, launched my university, Greater You, where I journey with students on the entire writing process, right? How to turn their book into a business and a brand, teaching them to self-publish and write a book. But for some people that's just like, whoa, I'm just getting the idea of actually writing a book. So the first thing I would recommend them to do is to grab that free information at writemybook.net. And that's W-R-I-T-E, my, M-Y, book, B-O-O-K, dot, net, N-E-T. And yes, so I do teach people to triumph over their trauma, turn their life story into a self-published book. We also offer healing through writing. But the first thing you can do is grab that freebie, connect with me on Instagram. And I just look forward to encouraging you because one person plants, another person waters, God gets to increase. So whatever part that we're playing right now in your story, I'm just excited to be a part of it. And may God get the glory from your story, but it's for his glory. Amazing. All right, y'all. So definitely take action and go ahead and visit the website. Follow her on Instagram. Lady Ty has given us um, an amazing experience just walking through her story and seeing how God's like really impacted her life. And so this is an example of what it is like to live in your God identity. So that's what we represent here on the God Identity Podcast. And for anyone out there who is looking for a transformation and looking for understanding in God, definitely continue to follow us um, under Up To Me Radio and go ahead and subscribe to the God Identity Podcast. If this was actually helpful, definitely leave us a comment and let us know um, if you have any questions as well. That's very helpful, but go ahead and definitely visit uptomeradio.com. Share this podcast episode with a friend because somebody else out there, you never know, they could be actually going through some daddy issues as well. And so we want to inspire and encourage them to live in the fullness of their purpose, okay? So I thank you, Lady Ty. Is there anything that you want to leave with us? Anything, any motivational message? Anything you want to share with us? Yes, I want to do a prayer if I could. Amazing, <laughs> there you go, in the spirit. Text you. I was just going to text you. Okay, perfect. So yes, yeah, so Father, in the name of Jesus, I just want to say thank you for this opportunity, God. Thank you for you being the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, knowing all things, for having our plans and our life, God, in, in the palm of your hand. So today I pray for those that are listening to this message. I pray, God, that their identity will be healed, that it will be revealed, that they will be healed, God. I pray, Father, that today that they would turn to you. I pray that their heart would be unhardened. I pray that even right now, that as they're listening, God, that they will, their hope will be renewed right now, that they will be restored, refreshed, renewed, that they will believe again, God. I pray today, and I release the love of God right now over this broadcast over this message and anyone that is listening God I thank you that reconciliation is taking place now it is in Jesus name we believe that it's already done amen
Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So thank you so much for joining us again. And thank you. maybe there will be a part two in the future. We'll see. <laughs> all right, y'all. Thank y'all for listening as well.